Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for opportunity to pray. Power to pray. Strength to pray. Grace to pray. Thank you. Lord, our prayer is that you will increase aggressive prayer in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. My topic today is imitating Christ through aggressive prayer. Imitating Christ through aggressive prayer. Number one, what is aggressive prayer? Number two, how did Christ pray aggressively? Number three, what is not aggressive prayer? Number four, what are the Bible models for aggressive prayer? Number one, what is aggressive prayer? Aggressive prayer is life and death prayer. Aggressive prayer is determined, persistent pouring of your soul to God. Until he hears and answers. Aggressive prayer involves your mind, your feelings, your will, your body, your strength. In Luke chapter 22... Verses 41 to 44, we see Jesus in aggressive prayer. Luke chapter 22, we are reading verse 41 to 44. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying... And he knelt down and prayed, saying... Father... Father... If it is your will... If it is your will... Take this cup away from me... Take this cup away from me... Nevertheless, not my will... Nevertheless, 
not my will but yours be done but yours be done then an angel appeared to him from heaven an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him strengthening him and being in agony he prayed more earnestly and being in agony he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground aggressive prayer imitating jesus in aggressive prayer what are the characteristics of aggressive prayer from the life of jesus we see that aggressive prayer is prayer between you and god so jesus withdrew he he left his disciples he left peter he left james he left john he left them bartolomeo matthew he left them and he went a stone's throw and the bible says he knelt down matthew says he fell on his face Mark says he fell down. Jesus, he knelt down. He knelt down. Your posture matters. How you approach God in aggressive prayer, it matters. Your posture matters. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says that in the days of his flesh jesus when he was in aggressive prayer he used loud cries and tears hebrews 5 7 who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears strong crying and tears strong crying and tears strong crying and tears aggressive prayer means tears aggressive prayer means strong crying and to him that was able to save him from death and was hurt in that he feared aggressive prayer involves your feeling if you are praying and you cannot weep for what you are praying for, you don't really need it. If you are praying and you cannot weep for it, you are not serious. You don't mean it. I have known many times when I myself, I go to pray. I'm speaking in tongues, but my mind is off. I'm answering a phone call. And um, you know, you know, Rarabakakianda, but you are in the kitchen cooking, Okianda, Habakaki, Makorianda. You know, your heart is even not in the prayer. And many times you even forgot what you were praying about. Aggressive prayer, loud, strong crying, and tears. Aggressive prayer. 
means even after an angel has come to strengthen you, after an encounter, after a revelation, after a word of prophecy, you pray more earnestly. The, the angel coming doesn't stop you. An angel from heaven does not stop your prayer. It even makes you pray more earnestly. Aggressive prayer involves sweating. The sweat of Jesus was like drops of blood. Aggressive prayer. Aggressive prayer in the life of Jesus meant fasting. Fasting. He said in Mark 9, 29, that this kind does not go out except by fasting and prayer. Mark 9, 29, and he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Some things, when they meet you in life, if you won't fast and pray, then you, are, you don't mean aggressive prayer. It means you really don't want to see a response from heaven. Aggressive prayer means all night watching. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, In those days, Jesus went to the mountains to pray, and he continued the whole night in prayer unto God. Aggressive prayer sometimes involves the whole night in prayer to God. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Aggressive prayer involves persistence. You see, whenever you pray once and stop, it is the sign that you, you, you don't have aggression. Because there is no determination, there is no persistence, there is no force behind the prayer that tells God that I want you to do something about this thing or I'm not leaving you. In Luke chapter 21, verse 37, the Bible says, In the daytime, Jesus will minister in the temple. But at night, he spent the night in the Mount of Olives. The next day, he came back. He ministered. Then the night, he goes all night. The next day, he comes. He teaches. Then after teaching, he goes to the mountains. Luke 21, 37. And in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. And at night, he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. If you look at all the people who pray aggressive prayer in the Bible, they don't just pray once. Look at Jacob in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. The whole night, he was wrestling with the man. 
He was wrestling. And by morning, the man said, please leave me. I want to go. He said, hey, leave you, me. <laughs> you don't mean it. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled the man with him until the breaking of the day. The wrestling was until the breaking of the day. The wrestling was until the breaking of the day. He was wrestling with an angel until the breaking of the day. What about Elijah? The prayer which brought down rain was a seven-time prayer. First Kings chapter 18. Let's just read verse 44. First Kings chapter 18, verse 44 alone. Yes. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea. When, when did the cloud come? The seventh time. <laughs> Many of us, we knock four times and stop. We expect the door to open. So after four knocks, if there is nothing happening, then say stop. You see, some people, they knock six times and stop. Some doors don't open with six knocks. They open after the seven. That, that's it. This, this is what happened in the case of Naaman. Elisha told Naaman, dip seven times in the Jordan. He went, then the first time, nothing happened. Second, nothing. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth time, leprosy. His, his breakthrough was in the seventh dipping. That's it. You see, life is such that I remember one lady who was brought to me when our office was on Legon campus. She told me that she wanted to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I said, which church do you go to? She said, Church of Pentecost. I said, what are we talking about? You are in Church of Pentecost. You are coming to me for Holy Spirit baptism. Go to your people. She said, they have prayed for me. Nothing is happening. Then I said, go and have a three-day fast. I was in the office when she came. I said, ah, are you not the lady who said I should pray for you for Holy Spirit baptism? She said, yes. Didn't I tell you to go and have a three-day fast? She said, this is the third day. Today is the third day. I'm in the fast right now. Then I saw that I was trapped. So I explained to her the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then I said, get up. Lift your hands. I was sure that oh, it would be a walkover. I laid my hands on her. First time, nothing happened. Second, nothing happened. Third time, nothing happened. Fourth time, nothing happened. I asked her, she said, nothing. I said, sit down. Then I put my head on the desk. I slept. Immediately I slept, I dreamt. I saw some armed robbers rushing from the university administration, rushing out as if they were being chased. I said, ah! Some, as there was some resistance. Get up, now you are getting. I, fifth time, nothing happened. Sixth time, nothing happened. By now, she was tired, I was tired. 
So I told myself, this is the last time. If I pray and nothing happens, then uh, she should go somewhere else. And then she raised the hand. The seventh time I put my hand on her, heaven opened. She prophesied, spoke in tongues, and she was in that small office until they had to drag her out for us to lock the door. Because she didn't want to stop speaking in tongues so that it would go away. So she was... Aggressive prayer means three times, seven times. It means going and going again. This, this was the reason why Elisha was angry with King Joash. In Second Kings chapter 13, well, we won't read the passage, it's a long one, from verse 14. We are told that Elisha, the man of God, was sick with the sickness which caused him to die. Then the king, King Joash, came to see him and said, Oh, you alone, you are the chariots and the army of Israel, my father. So, Elisha, the man of God, said, Bring a bow. Then bring an arrow and the man of God put his hand on the hands of King Joas and said shoot and when the man shot he says God's arrow of victory over Syria then he asked the king strike the ground and the king struck one, two Three and stop. And the man of God was like, Ah! You only conquer Syria three times. If you had struck six, seven times, you would have finished them. And so, Israel defeated Syria three times and they stopped there. Life is like that. Aggressive prayer. Is for people who are prepared to persist. You do it, you do it again. You go, you go again. Look at David in Second Samuel chapter twelve when Bathsheba had a son out of adultery, and the child was sick and about to die. The Bible says God struck the child. And David fasted and lay on the floor. Seven days. No food. No water. No bed. And said, God, spare the life of this child. On the seventh day, the king saw that people were moving around. And he said, is the child dead? And they said, the child is dead. Seven days fasting, prayer, lying on the ground, no food, no water. The child is dead. And he got up and went and ate. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Moses. God told him, you won't enter Canaan. Three times he told God, I want to go to Canaan. God said, this theater, don't talk to me about this thing again. Don't talk to me. Do you hear? There are certain things. You push and push and push. And God says, no. No, 
No. But no is a better answer from God than doing nothing about it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 7 all the way to 12, Paul says, because of his many revelations, a messenger of Satan was attached to his body to buffet him, to trouble him. And three times he besought the Lord. Please take this out. Please take this out. Please take this out. And God told him that, look, my grace is sufficient for you. Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, this stone, it will never be taken away. That's it. But he got the answer. The answer is, my grace is sufficient for you. Even Jesus, he prayed three times in Gethsemane. But the third time, God made him to understand that this cross, no aggressive prayer can change it. You must go. And he said, your will be done, not my will. Matthew 26, verse 39. What I am saying is that aggressive prayer, Jesus' way, must take something from you. If your aggressive prayer is not taking anything from you, it loses the title of being aggressive. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul was telling the Colossians that Epaphras is one of you. He is agonizing before the Lord in prayer for you. He is wrestling. He is contesting in prayer before God for you. Colossians 4, 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently, for you in prayers. He is laboring. It's a Greek word. Agonizomai. It, it, it is. He is contesting. It's the word used for wrestling. And, and competing in the Olympic Games. He, he, is, he is agonizing. He is wrestling in prayer for you. The kind of prayer. He cross your legs. Say, Daddy. You know. You know. These days. You know. You, you got you, you to gotta give me this. Daddy. Uh, actually. Daddy. <laughs> Do try it and see whether you will get it. You see, some stones can pluck mango, but they cannot pluck coconut. So, James chapter 4, verse 2 says, You have not because you ask not. Let me spend uh, the rest of my time on what aggressive prayer is not. Number one, aggressive prayer is not forcing God against His will for you. Please come. Yes.
it's wrong as a child of God to think that aggressive prayer means this is God who uh -huh, ten uh -huh, aggressive prayer is holding God uh, uh, and and turning until God says I beg I beg I beg I beg okay I'll do it for you I'll do it you see there are certain things you want but God knows it's not good for you you can push and pull and trouble him to do it for you. In the end, you won't be happy with the result. Thank you. You know, as a father, there are certain things your children ask you and you say no. You say, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. No. Mm, daddy, if that's the case, mm, no. Mm, daddy, daddy, daddy. No. No. Hallelujah. So, when you are praying aggressive prayer, Jesus said, Not my will, your will be done. You see, Isaiah 65, 20 to 22. If you die less than 100 years, you are under a curse. But John the Baptist, he died under 32. Jesus, he died at 33. Paul, he died about 64. Peter, he died about 64. Even David, he died at 70. He didn't catch 100. Are you with me? You see, there are times when God tells you that, look, you should not live one day beyond this. I am your father. I'm telling you, this is the time to go home. That time, say, yes, sir. And go. And go. That is the wisdom of God. Are you with me? Because there are certain times you ask for things from God to your own head. I don't have the time to give you the list. I also bless the Lord for King Hezekiah. In 2 Kings 20, we are told that God sent Isaiah, the prophet, the writer of 66 chapters of prophecy in the Bible, to tell King Hezekiah that, put your house in order. You are going to die. He said, me? Oh, wait. Father, me? And he turned to the world. He said, look, I have walked before you in righteousness and in your fear. Look, you want to kill me? And the Bible says, he prayed aggressive prayer. He wept tears. And then God gave him 15 more years. And we all celebrate it. I do too. But in those 15 years, he gave birth to Manasseh. The worst king in the whole Bible was Manasseh. God could have spared him that. Yeah. You see, 
There are many times we call it the absolute will of God versus the permissive will of God. So even in the wilderness, in Numbers 11, Israelites said, why? Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Morning, afternoon, evening. Manna, manna, manna. We are tired. We are sick. No meat. Manna, manna, manna. Oh, can't you give meat, you God? And they wept. And they prayed aggressive prayer. <laughs> and complained aggressively. And God said, okay, I'll give you meat to eat for one month. He said, oh! And the quails came. And the person who gathered least, gathered one budublan, one barrel of meat. 30 years. But when the meat was in their mouth, God killed them. That's it. I like First Kings. Let's read chapter 3 and verse 11. And listen. We'll catch up with 11 and 12. First Kings chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. Yes. And God said unto him, You see, this passage, the background is that King Solomon sacrificed a thousand cattle and he prayed to God. In the night, God appeared to him and said, Ask me anything you want. And listen to Solomon. Solomon said, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom so that I can lead your people. Give me wisdom and understanding. And this is God's response. Because thou hast asked this thing. Because thou hast asked this thing. And hast not asked for thyself long life. You didn't ask long life. This means that, you see, there are certain things when we are praying. All the angels that look at us. There are certain things in this life more important than long life. Go and read the, the passage. What is the use of living to be 150 years and dying without fulfilling God's destiny for your life. What's the use? It's not, you see, aggressive prayer doesn't just mean everything. You know, one woman saw me when I was a child. Until today, when she sees me, she laughs at me. She says, I came with my mother to the market at Amfuega. Then, I saw somebody selling live fowl. And then I said, ah, Mama, I'll eat fowl, I'll eat fowl, I'll eat fowl. And my mother was trying to reason with me that if you fowl, live fowl, you don't just buy and eat. You, you must go home and prepare. I, said, ah, I went, I sat on the floor in the market, I shouted. People came and said, why? What is he doing? If he's crying, give it to me. He said, the boy wants to eat live fowl. You see, some people, that's how they understand aggressive prayer. Small things, they are in a 40-day fast. <laughs> if you ask him what, they say, oh, they, God should give him a double-door fridge. <laughs> you see, I mean, when you are doing a 40-day fast for a double-door fridge, God, God is telling Solomon that 
because you have asked this thing, you have not asked for long life. Yes, please continue. Neither has asked riches for thyself. You didn't ask for riches. This is Old Testament, not New Testament, brothers and sisters. This is the Old Testament. God told him that you didn't ask for riches. I like that. Yes. No, has asked the life of thine enemies. You didn't ask for the life of your enemy. Some Christians, when they hear of aggressive prayer, <laughs> when I fasted and prayed, the third day he died. Thank you. When we get to heaven, you will pay for killing that person. Do you understand? When we get to heaven, you will pay for killing that person. You will pay. You will pay. Because Saul, who became Paul, he was arresting Christians, putting them in prison, collecting people's clothes so that they would stone Stephen. But the dying Stephen said, Father, don't hold this sin against them. I am a human being. I'm telling you, God, this is my aggressive prayer. Don't hold it against them. That Saul became Paul and wrote half the New Testament. Some of the people you are praying that they should die are better than you. Only you think that they shouldn't live. Only you think so. You didn't ask for the life of your enemies. I like that. I like that. Anyway, today is not the day for clearing my throat. But I'm, when I see Christians jumping, die, die. Who who are you killing? Your that your uncle. He should die. When you were a sinner and God gave his son to die for you, you want to be saved so that you can kill other people. That's why. You see? And we are all bought into it. So when they testify, they, for me, you don't joke with me. Oh. One of the people in my family, I heard this testimony when I went to London. Why is my family member? <laughs> he was trying to prevent my destiny. <laughs> when I prayed, he died that week. And they said, I should come to a funeral. And I said, I won't go. Your mouth said it. When we stand before the King of Kings, you will answer for the soul of that person. Because even God says in Ezekiel 18, 23 and 32, I have no pleasure in the death of sinners, says God. God has no pleasure in the death of sinners. You have pleasure in their death. Go and do aggressive prayer. Spend your aggressive prayer on that. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. There are many people in the scriptures who prayed aggressive prayer. And they got their answers. But in the New Testament, the spirit of the New Testament and of Christ is that when you are praying aggressive prayer, ask for the most important things. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. All these things will be added to it to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added. Mark 13, 10. He says the gospel must first be preached among all nations. First. There are things which are first before God. He told them, pray the Lord of the harvest that you will send laborers into the field. When you are praying, those are the things we agonize for. You, you agonize for sin in your life. Hebrews 12, 4. He says that you have not yet resisted sin in your life to the point of shedding your blood. That's agonization. Ah, please read that one for us. Hebrews 12, 4. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. Yes. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Are you talking about aggressive prayer? Eh? You, you are a liar. You are telling lies. And you are praying that your enemy should die. Sin is in your life. You are not dealing with it. That big log is in your eye. You are not dealing with it. Then somebody has a moat and you say, he should die. He should die. So, striving against sin. But not only that. Prayer for your spiritual gifts and calling to come out. You see, you have been in this church many years. You have never won a soul. Then you are asking God that he should, you are fasting and praying so that God should let all your enemies die. That's not the important thing. When you are fasting, don't, don't consider those things. Eh? Bible says in John 15 too, any branch in me which does not bear fruit, the father cuts it off. But the branch which bears fruit, he prunes it so that he can bear more. You are not bearing fruit. You are not worried about that. Your aggressive prayer is against other people. What is your problem? What is your problem? And the gifts that God has deposited in you, 1 Timothy 4.14, it says, neglect not the gift of God which is in you. 2 Timothy 1.6 He says, stir up the gift of God which is in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31 Endlessly desire the best gifts. There are things to hold on to, to wish. Then what about prayer for your disciples? Kelvin, share that with me. Let me share it with you and then I'm okay. He came to my office and said, ah, You know, Pastor, I am the student's president. And what is happening is that my executive, they are so troublesome. I say this, they won't do it. We discuss this, nobody. Then I asked him, have you prayed about it? Then he said, okay, I understand. Then he went and had, I forgot, I think it's about three day fast. Then he took the names of every one of his executive members and prayed 30 minutes for that person. After some time, he came to my office smiling. He said, this is the best executive I've ever had. The same people who were giving him trouble. Now, after prayer and fasting and calling them before God, here they are, so quiet 
And, and he was like, wow. I'm glad he's still alive to share the testimony. There are many more things to pray aggressive prayer about. God bless you in Jesus' name. Please, can you join me so that we mount up prayer? And this, this, this afternoon, the task is so heavy because Apostle has broken down the thing in such a way that if you are coming to pray, you must pray the way that it will be aggressive and it will be on point. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to pray. As that he was touching from the meaning of aggressive prayer, some things were already lining up how I should pray about them. But when it came to things we should not pray about, then I noticed that these things must throw And the thing that is coming to mind is Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Bible said one day Jesus was praying and when he finished, the disciple approached him and said, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. So those under the discipleship of John, they were taught to pray. And those under the discipleship of Jesus, he's teaching them how to pray. And this morning, as we approach aggressive prayer, we want to go back to Jesus with one prayer to be and the Father, teach us how to Pray. In the name of Jesus, mm. in the name of Jesus, that the Lord would teach us how to pray, 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 Lord, teach us how to pray, convince us, convict us, oh, speak to us how to pray, how to pray, how. How to pray? How to pray? Lord, teach us. 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 Lord, teach us how to pray. Even in the name of Jesus, teach us, O God. Teach us, O God. Just as the disciples approached you, but oh God, even the tutorial. Teach us this afternoon about the prayers we ought to pray at every moment, at every time. Lord, Makatayabaha, teach us, Makayaha, Makayaba, Yakosata, Irabakata, teach us, O God, as your students, teach us, O God, as your followers, in dreams, in visions. Lord, in the vision of the night. Teach us how to pray. 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 The best way of lifting aggressive prayer before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, 
we have come today willing to pray. And we say, teach us how to pray. Mm. We have repented of the topics. We lifted and wasted our energies. And they were not of your will. We have also repented. From the time we wasted, we asked once, twice, and we didn't receive. And we gave up. Lord, we pray that grace be released from heaven. That places we are fainting in prayer, our prayer life will be revived. We pray that angels will be released and to strengthen us in prayer. We pray that grace and supplication will be released, Lord. That if we use for 30 minutes and one hour and a day, Lord, we will go 10 times better. Get all of us until we can labor in prayer and conform to the image and fulfill the will of God on earth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.